0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: If this was TV, you would see Roro right now on top of Lori's lap, licking her to death. I'm concerned about you. Can you get it? Are you able to breathe, Lori?
2: Well, you know, I, you think obedience school would have helped him. It would have helped if we'd have gone. <laughs> he's a typical bulldog.
1: He's a lover is what he is.
2: He really is. Yeah.
1: On the show today, a couple of great animal lovers. I have a friend who's a Boy Scout and he's working on this project to help the animals. He's 17 years old. And I said, "We got to get you on the show." So he's going to be coming on in just a few minutes, right here on Animal Radio. Very excited whenever there's a young kid getting involved with animal welfare. Yeah. Uh, also on the show, drones. When you think of drones, you think of maybe the military. Maybe you think bad of things. That usually bad things.
3: Yeah, like like Big Brother watching you.
1: I think of
4: peeping toms. Yeah.
1: there's a guy there's a senior where is he located Florida in Florida he is in Florida senior in Florida his hobby is drones and he figured out how to make drones work for the animals and uh, we'll find out in just a few minutes what his story is all about also Robert Semro with five dangerous household hazards for your pet birds if you have a bird you want to listen up uh, because Robert's gonna I don't know if he has a bird but Joey has a bird and I believe they've uh, worked on the list together so these are all important tips that you'll need to be listening for in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour?
2: Well, you've heard of Grumpy Cat. And you know how how cute Grumpy Cat is? Well, now there is a dog that has, has found a home thanks to his new hashtag, Grumpy Dog.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good thing.
1: Okay. That's on the way. Uh, let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie and for Joey Volani right now from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And we go to Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hey, how are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today?
5: I'm calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: Ann Arbor, Michigan. The glove state. That's, that's yeah. how i <laughs>
5: Or the mitten state, yes. The mitten state, it.
1: okay. Yeah, I guess gloves would have fingers, wouldn't they? <laughs>
5: no fingers, yes.
1: <laughs> so how can we help you? I have Dr. Debbie here and Joey Villani.
5: Hi. I am wondering how I can get to stop digging holes. She is a master excavator and <laughs> um, is uh, quite talented at doing it quickly, too, to the point where she can slide right under the fence before you even can get to her. And wow. of course, she she kind of looks back and goes, "See ya."
4: <laughs> and I didn't catch what kind of dog is she? She's
5: a well, she, she was a rescue dog, but we think she's a little bit of pit bull, maybe a little bit of um, uh, I want to say shepherd. It, it's a it's a blend. It's it's hard to say, mm-hmm. but she's she's about forty pounds and um, kind of has the coloring maybe of a shepherd or a Rottweiler. But uh mm-hmm. she's she's we call her soft dog because she's very smooth. <laughs>
4: uh-huh. All right. All right. And how old is she?
5: Uh, she's about eight.
4: Okay. So she's an she's an older gal. Has this been a problem all throughout her life or is this just something oh, she's yeah. doing now?
5: Well, we think she was a street dog. You know, she uh, was a rescue, like I say, and from um more of like the inner city area, so we don't know what she was, but she's very street smart. hmm So okay. she she took her own way.
4: <laughs> And the digging probably served a good purpose for her before you found her and she entered your world because... I bet, yeah. Yeah. And, And the important thing when we talk about digging is that, you know, this is a normal dog behavior. That's the first thing we have to recognize. It's it's True. not a behavior that they're doing and making up some new behavior. This is a normal investigative behavior that mm-hmm. dogs do. So the problem comes when a dog does it excessively or in an inappropriate situation. So the the really the couple big points that we have with digging is first recognizing it's going to happen. So some school of thought is to actually give an appropriate dig spot. And that can be in the form of a, uh, like a sandbox that you either fill with mm-hmm. sand or... or um, with uh, you know potting soil of some sort, and then you could actually put toys in there and allow the dog to dig it out. Reward them when they dig in that place, and then um, you know monitor so she doesn't do that at another point in another um, spot in the yard. Um, right. I personally try not to encourage the behavior. I have a dog that has like feet like shovels, and given the opportunity, um, she will get down to about a foot within about a minute or two. So yeah, I know I the power just... of the digging. I could, I've seen it firsthand. So you do kind of have to watch, I think, with some dogs because it is an enjoyable behavior and they get a lot of satisfaction out of it. So the way to really combat this is a couple things. One is that we want to limit her access and her opportunity. So that means that she's not a dog that I would allow out unattended outdoors um, because if she has the opportunity to dig, she's already getting that positive reinforcement for that. And you're not going to be able to stop it after the fact. really right. so Really making sure she's under leash control or or human supervision at all times is really important. Set her up to succeed, not to fail. Then the next things that we do are really kind of put her through a whole regimen of um, increasing her activity level. So taking this girl running, jogging, if she can tolerate it, Um, playing ball, um, getting out having play dates with other animals if it's appropriate exhausting her physically because digging is an activity that she will fill her day with if she has nothing else to do. So your job is to find opportunities and activities that you can get her to do that are going to make her more physically tired as well as mentally tired. So things like even practice obedience, doing leash walk and, you know, practicing tricks and commands, those kind of things take a lot of mental energy and that actually can be more exhausting than some of these physical things that you can do. But mm, that has to be idea. a concerted effort every single day um, along with the supervision and then, you know, some of the other stuff would be, uh, you know, working on deterrence. Um, if there's particular areas, you can try, some folks will try putting larger rocks in the areas, uh, you know, where the hole, holes are dug, uh, barrier fencing, you know, different things like that. As long as, mm-hmm. you know, she can't hurt herself on things like chicken wire or other types of structure that you could put in those areas. Um, oh, okay. But for me, it's all—it's really all about um, supervision and just wearing this girl out. That would be my main wishes for you for for helping with this.
5: Those are great suggestions. Yeah, thank you
4: all right well good luck and and like i said i know i know i can see those holes in my they don't happen in my yard because i do watch my dog pretty closely but my in-laws boy
5: my nikki she can
4: dig a hole in no time
5: well i was thinking about maybe putting to work in the garden where i need some excavating done there you go yeah
4: yeah reward her for when it is appropriate
5: yeah yeah good ideas well thank you so much
1: thanks nancy for your call
5: hi darlene hello
1: welcome to the show i have dr debbie right here what's going on
5: Um, i have a little uh she's doing she's like three and a half years old and next week she's getting ready to have her third surgery for bladder stones and after the surgery i was wondering if there's anything besides the special food that she's getting that i could do to help her keep from getting them back
4: Uh uh-huh yeah oh my that's quite the repeat offender there when it comes to bladder stones
5: well now do you
4: know what what kind of stone that she's had the problem with I
5: don't remember.
4: They're little round, smooth ones, though. She gave me a okay. jar of them when the last surgery. <laughs> it was like a half a little <laughs> prescription jar full. They're little, <laughs> smooth little ones. Conversation item there when you pull it out you're having <laughs> a party. Hey, these are my dog stones, and then you pull another right. one out, and then the third one out. Wow. Um, well, it's going to really depend on what kind of stone that she has, um, because there's very different approaches to um, managing um, these different types of stones. Um, Some of the more common one in Shih Tzu's uh, can be calcium-based stones. On the other end of the spectrum, they can have phosphorus-based stones as well. Um, And then there's oodles of other ones as, as well. Um, so that is very important information in order to fully answer your question. Um, but but in general, yes, there are definitely some other strategies, and I think I would definitely go looking further. Um, one of the main things that the biggest goal when we're trying to prevent bladder stones is we want to, Uh, make the urine more dilute, and that is commonly one of the goals of special diets for bladder stones. Um, We can go even further than this, and if I see a pet's urine sample and it's really not below 1020 in specific gravity, I'm going to add in some ways to get them uh, more uh, water in their diet. That might be, you know, adding in things like ice cubes that are flavored with maybe uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, chicken broth in there. Um, That's one strategy Um, watering down food or going to a canned variety can help to increase water intake and then there's even something i sometimes use called hot dog soup which is basically uh, where you (laughs) take some hot dogs you boil them in the uh, microwave and and let the fat the flavor kind of get into some mm, water mm. Mm, it's good (laughs) And that you can then dress the food with that, and that also helps to stimulate them to to take in more water. Um, so that would be my number one recommendation. Um, without knowing all everything, we need to know about those stones. Um, and then uh, if, in fact, your puppy dog has the calcium-based stones, then there's often a lot of other conditions that we'll go looking for. Um, because sometimes those pets can have high blood calcium levels that can be related to other health conditions. Um, So doing some lab work would be important. Um, Sometimes checking for certain diseases like Cushing's disease or checking their lipid levels, things like that can be very helpful in seeing if there's an underlying problem.
5: They've been eating Um, a special food from the vet. It's it's low-fat and a diabetic and gastrointestinal food.
4: Definitely, I'd say, let's find out what kind of stone, and I can definitely give you some even some alternate diet recommendations if I know what particular type we've got. Now, the other thing is, on that other end of the spectrum, those phosphorus-based stones... They are um, commonly associated with urinary tract infections, and there are dogs with that type of stone that we need to really address the chronic, low-grade urinary tract infection. So sometimes there are other factors. I had a little shih tzu the other day who she'd been through her second bladder surgery, and I looked at her and I discovered she had a little vaginal problem that was causing a chronic vaginitis, which was causing a low-grade urinary infection. So we're addressing that in a way to get ahead of the bladder stones, which are formed because of the infection in the bladder, which has been from the infection in the vaginal area so it's kind of like this whole chain event so give me a call back when you know what kind of stone that she has because i'd be definitely happy to offer you some other um, diet tips that we might even be able to try
1: well i'm delighted to tell you this portion of animal radio is brought to you by red barn now get ready to save 10 percent anytime you go over to their website Just use the promo code ANIMALRADIO and you'll get 10% off anything Red Barn has over at their website at redbarn.com. Just put in the promo code ANIMALRADIO.
7: or airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed.
6: Call the International Travel
7: Department right now
6: at low-cost airlines. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306.
1: It's Animal Radio. We're all animals here, including Roro. Is that, is that Roro making the noise, or is that Joey's stomach? I think it's my Ro-Ro. stomach.
2: His <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. stomach is better trained than Roro is. Oh.
1: In just a few minutes, Robert Semro with five dangerous household hazards for pet birds. You want to be listening for that, Joey, because, of course, you oh, have. Okay. He probably knows so him. Yeah, you probably wrote the list, <laughs> as far as I know. You're, you're like the the expert. You should be the bird father, is what you should be. Not a lot of people know that. Bird,
8: bird man. Bird you know? man, okay. Bird yeah. man, yes. Yes, uh, That what goes over better
1: in a few minutes we're going to be talking to a uh, boy scout seen eagle scout or boy scout is are they two different things we'll I find out
3: don't know anything about that i never was a boy Scout, so i guess
8: you n- would never
3: want i
1: now, was huh? no never a <laughs> boy scout they <laughs> me, me would, neither. yeah
3: i was a brownie but i never made it to girl scouts
1: so why don't boy scouts sell cookies i don't know that's what i want to know yep. i
3: capitalize well you already got the girl scouts doing it they need something different they should sell like brownies <laughs> or something
1: well, this Boy Scout, Alex Cantero, he's going to be on in just a few minutes, and he's 17 years old, and he's doing something pretty darn amazing for the animals. Also, next hour, how are drones now affecting the search for lost pets? Ooh. There's a guy who actually oh, that's has a. cool. Isn't that cool? That is.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, he has a drone service. And he'll tell us about it in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Wow. What are you working on in the newsroom there, Lori? Uh,
2: Roro is helping me. Yeah. He's upset that I'm I'm sitting at my studio counter and there's no room for him, like at a couch. Hey,
3: get down!
2: <laughs> 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 he tried to leap onto my lap. Thanks, Ro. Uh Coming up, we have for you, the AKC is out with their uh, list of the top 10 dog breeds in the U.S., and uh, we're going to give you the all of them, 1 to 10.
1: Okay, that's on the way. I imagine labs would probably be in there somewhere, but we'll find out. They have
2: out. been on there. They uh, have. Been. Labs have been on the list for ooh, long, 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 long time.
1: Long time. But so. uh,
2: we will find out which, or I'll see if you know, maybe you guys will have time to Google it, if you can tell me which dog has been on the, the list every decade since the founding of the AKC.
1: Okay, there you go. A little trivia coming up it. for you right here on the radio. You're listening to
0: Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
9: Hello Animal Radians, it's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list, five dangerous household hazards for pet birds. Birds are really remarkable pets that can fill a home with love, laughter, and entertainment. They're interactive and intelligent, but unfortunately, they're also susceptible to household dangers that are very common in many homes. So I thought I'd share some of these dangers that exist before they bring harm to a pet bird in your life. Tragically, birds are very susceptible to toxic fumes and air from a variety of areas in your home. Many are surprised to learn that non-stick and Teflon-coated frying pans can emit a toxic gas that can kill a pet bird. Additionally, fumes from household cleaners, deodorizers, and sprays can equally be as dangerous. It goes without saying, though I'm going to say it for my bird friends, vigilance and an abundance of caution must be used around your bird and their habitat. They're very sensitive to these small amounts of toxins, and the effects can occur quickly. Next is the danger that occurs when birds are allowed to fly with unclipped wings around the home. Sadly, each year we hear stories of birds being let out of their cage to stretch their wings, and they fly themselves right out an open window or door, and their owners are devastated. Additionally, birds can fly around and land in troublesome areas that can harm them, like stoves, or fly into a ceiling fan, mirrors, or even very clean windows. The damage is severe and it can easily be avoided. Next up is foods. Toxic foods like chocolates, garlic, onions, and more can be very harmful to your bird's system. Again, if your bird is allowed out of its cage, you have to watch them like a, well, you know what I was going to say. The area that your bird has access to will be explored, and this can lead to problems if they get into human foods. Make it a must-do to know what human foods your bird can and can't have. And remember that sharing food or using your utensils to cut a bird's food up is also dangerous as we can pass on dangerous bacteria and other organisms that can put a bird's life at risk. It should go without saying, but medications left around where a bird can get to them and ingest them are a tragic occurrence. Keep your medications in a safe area and only take them in that area. Finally, and this comes from the can't-we-all-just-get-along files, Birds are especially susceptible to danger from other pets, kids, and strangers in the home. Everyone is fascinated by birds. Unfortunately, dogs and cats in particular are hazards that, intentionally or not, can cause great harm to your bird. And kids and strangers are also fascinated, but it's your job to make sure that their interactions with your bird are safe. Share your pet bird safety tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
2: Dogs are cats, horse are animals are people too. Cats can be so finicky, but a cat taking a trip on a ship bound from China to England survived only on condensation and cardboard. The little white cat jumped in a box of cooking ware and survived a 26-day journey in a sealed crate. She was found by surprised workers at a crockery supplier who were unloading the boxes and promptly named Chairman Meow. Chairman Meow was fed, vaccinated, and quarantined at a local animal center where she's enjoying being petted and fussed over. She'll soon be ready for a new home with food. Any kind of cat food would be fine. And I thought airline food was bad. i Savage for Animal Radio. people too. Animal
1: Radio. Hey, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com
7: airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the
6: International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306.
10: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Labrador
2: Retrievers have extended their record run as America's most popular dog breed for the 26th year in a row. This as the American Kennel Club's new rankings are out now. But Rottweilers are enjoying more popularity again at their highest point on the list in almost 20 years. So let's go down the complete top 10 for you. Like we said, labs are there at number one followed by the second most popular breed in the country, German Shepherds. Golden Retrievers come in at number three. The fourth most popular breed is the English Bulldog, and then Beagles and French Bulldogs are at five and six. Poodles take 7th place on the list of the most popular dog breeds in America, followed by Rottweilers in 8th place. Yorkshire Terriers come in at number 9. And Boxers, up there to round out the top 10. Some of the other breeds making some sizable popularity gains in the past decade. Siberian Huskies that are up uh, from 25th to number 12 on the list. Great Danes going from 24th to 14th. And Australian Australian Shepherds from 34th to 16th. That's a big jump. And also keep an eye on the Belgian Malinois, Mm -hmm. which on the list, jumping from number 90, to 47, that is, uh, as it becomes really increasingly visible in the country as a police dog. They look a lot like German Shepherds. Yeah, they
3: definitely. I have a hard time telling them apart, especially when they're
2: puppies. But they're very pretty. So I, I have a little trivia question for you. What is the only breed to rank in the top 10 every single decade since the AKC was founded? That was back in the 1880s.
8: I have to guess.
2: Say the lab. lab yeah. yeah. German Shepherd. No. Ah! It's uh, the Beagle. The Beagle? Wow. Beagles. Wow. You know what's funny
8: about your list? What? The top three are th- three of the of the dogs that most groomers will cringe because of temperament <laughs> problems. And I'm serious. And the Golden Retriever is one of them because we all hear how great Golden Retrievers are. And it's funny because this is a topic among groomers of, really? you know, what, what, what kind of gro- Golden Retrievers are we getting? And especially labs and German shepherds. Their German shepherds was a breed that I stopped grooming because of aggressiveness. Wow. Really? Same thing with labs. Labs, labs are especially in the first two years of that adolescent stage are difficult. You know, they're big dogs. Um, so when 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 they're you know flaunting their weight around, you know, they let they let you know. But they are on the aggressive side um, when, when, when we're grooming them. Like I said, wow. those three breeds, we're, we're not real happy when somebody calls up. And especially, especially like I said, German Shepherds, I banned from my son because I had too many problems. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that's all of them.
1: Huh? And we're going to get a lot of calls from callers. You
8: can send <laughs> those complaints to- Not
2: my German Shepherd. My lab, heck no.
8: <laughs> you know what? They all say that, and we used to videotape it. Especially when phones, um, you know, where you could tape on your phone, they would say, no, not my dog. And i said, say, well, here, let's check this out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Maybe you like grooming cats better, Joey. There's a really cool cat, and this cat is so smart. And, you know, you can't go online without watching cat videos, right? This cat has mastered the old switcheroo cup or ball gambling trick. It's pretty much known as the shell game where you... Put a ball under, you know, three or four different cups and you switch them all around. So this cat, his name is Snow, can consistently identify which one of, I think up to five cups contains the small plastic ball after they've been shuffled and shuffled around so much that I went cross-eyed that I can't keep track.
1: Mm, They probably can smell it.
3: Smell it, or maybe they have such great hearing,
2: maybe it hears it hit the side of
3: the cup, where we can't. Mm.
2: It's amazing. I mean, there's got to be something because, you know, it's like magic. There's got to be a trick somewhere. But his owner has posted several videos that show him watching the shuffling cups before he quickly, I mean, he just goes, you know, kind of puts (laughs) his paw on top of it, knocks the cup over and the ball rolls out every single time he is really a, a cute cat he's known of course for that ability to pick the ball from underneath the cup as many as 5 cups they do say uh his instagram by the way also features him dressed in some really handsome sweaters so he's a well-rounded dog and he wears some other clothes as well but he's got this really cool it, he's a real rounded dog a or hat. cat
1: Wait, 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 wait!
2: He's he a well-rounded he... cat. <laughs> but um, you've heard of cat in a hat, right? Sure. Well, snow on his belly has the shape of a cat in his fur. Wow! <laughs> you know, some cats have like a heart or a dot, sure, or you know, sure. you can yeah. make out a shape. Very cool. Adorable cat. (laughs) Now, an adorable dog, because I'm into adorable animals and probably spend too much time online looking at them. (laughs) Now, you've heard of Grumpy Cat, right? Sure. We all have. So now I I have a story for you of a not-so-happy-looking but adorable dog who has finally found a home after winning Hearts Online in his role as Grumpy Dog. (laughs) His name... Yeah, was Sheldon, and sadly, he was brought into an Arizona animal shelter a few days before Christmas last year, but his grumpy face didn't get him any new homes in time until a volunteer shelter photographer took some really cute pictures of Sheldon showcasing that sweet, special, unique look, let's call it. So Sheldon's photos were shared online everywhere. People love the photos, and he quickly earned the hashtag, Grumpy Dog. And then uh, those pictures found his way onto the computer or phone of his new mom, who saw those photos and rushed to the shelter the very next day to adopt him. So now Sheldon has a new home and a new name. His name is Kaz, and he also has five rescued cat siblings. Oh, how wonderful. And everyone's doing well. Not good? Sheldon. Yeah.
1: Hopefully he'll be a, a, a millionaire grumpy dog. <laughs> just yeah. like Goopy can. we'll
2: have to post it yeah we'll have to post his picture because it is really i mean he has a, a very similar face mm. anyway i'm laurie brooks you know you can get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com
10: this has been an animal radio news update brought to you by fear free The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
1: Let's go to the phones and talk to Barry. Hey, Barry, how are you? I've got a
11: wonderful question for you. Okay. It's going to save my life. Okay. How can I get my dog to stop barking when people come to our front door?
4: Okay, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop because when you say, how do I get my dog to stop barking? It's like barking is, there's joy in barking. Dogs enjoy it. It's the way they communicate. They do so much with it. There's the alert barking, territorial barking. There's, hey, mom, I'm happy to see you. Um, so there's a lot of reasons for barking. Um, if it's specifically to the context of when people are coming to the door, there are ways we can try to diminish that. Now, what kind of dog do you have, I should ask?
12: He's a five-going-on-six-month-old Scotty. And he's got a okay. mind of his
4: own. Oh, they do. Scottish Terriers are stubborn to all end. They really are. So some of the things that we would look at is really to... Um kind of train him to not think that someone come to the door is a big deal so what I like to do is one, I like to teach um, a replacement behavior so that when someone does come to the door, he has an alternate behavior that we're going to do and that may be something as simple as teaching him to go to a pillow um, and rewarding him at that pillow um, okay. so that's something that we want to practice when there's not a stimulation, there's not someone at the door um, so part right. of your training is really to give him a command to if he knows his sit or his down, that'd be great because you can teach that to a pillow and reward it throughout the day. And, um, and he has to hold that. That's the other thing. So mm-hmm. down, stay, and then like a weight or a stay, and then you release him at the end of that. So that's an important thing right, to right. have that skill down and work on that. Now, one important thing I do, I do like is sometimes when you go to give a treat, um, and you walk over and put it by the pillow where he's been sitting, a dog will get up. So they do make little remote treat dispensers, They're basically activated and you have a little clicker. And when the dog does the behavior you want, you click and it dispenses the treat right next to them in a dispenser. So then the other thing you need to do is then really work on the things that are triggering the excitement when someone's at the door. So there may be a knock or you may have the doorbell. Ding dong. So those are sounds that attract a dog's attention and they're going to bark just because, Oh, what is that? So the ways that we're going to work around that is to try to get a visitor to come without involving any of those noises. And that means you have to plan for this ahead of time, have friends, family members, and you're going to ask them to, Hey, when you get close to the house, give me a call on the cell phone, sometimes not the house phone, because then they'll pick up on that. And then just say, let me know when you're coming and I'm going to open the door before you come in, I'm going to have my dog on a leash and we're going to practice our sit down and we're going to reward as soon as that person comes in. And that becomes the, the positive thing. So we're rewarding for someone entering and there's no sound associated with that. Then we'll work up to where maybe we'll just have the person come to the door without any doorbells or knocking and you open it after they've arrived. And then as long as we're not overly reactive, we're not barking, we're not getting worked up, then we reward that behavior. So if we go along this pathway and, you know, we're getting a lot of barking, we want to we want to have calm, quiet visitations. So I can tell you, at my house, this happened last night, <laughs> my brother-in-law came over for dinner and my dogs love him. So they see him through the door, they're barking. So I go to grab the doorknob and the barking goes crazier. So what did I do? I stepped away from the door, looked at the dogs, made them get into a down stay and waited to open the door until they were quiet. So if they're carrying on, we don't want to reward them with seeing that visitor.
1: Start your dog's daily dental routine with Red Barn's new dental treats, Chewables. Thoughtfully designed with ridges and grooves to help control plaque and tartar buildup, in between your dog's dental vet visits. Chewables are natural, easily digestible, and your dog will love them. Red Barn Chewables. The tastiest way to brush your dog's teeth. Learn more at redbarn.com today. Use the promo code Animal Radio and you'll get 10% off your purchase.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And yes, we will head back to those phones right after this. So go ahead, call now, and Judy will get you all queued up to talk to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. Uh Right now, Boy Scout, is, is this—is he a Boy Scout or an Eagle Scout? Uh, let, let's find out. First of all, uh, let's welcome Alex Quintero, Quintero to the uh, radio waves here at uh, Animal Radio. Hi, Alex. How are you doing?
13: Uh, I'm doing good.
1: Now, are you a Boy Scout or an Eagle Scout?
13: I'm still a Boy Scout. I'm getting to eagle
1: okay so there are they like different levels
13: uh yeah it's uh first it's uh, tenderfoot and second class first class star life and then eagle
1: okay wow. and you are 17 years old am i correct yep tell listeners what you're doing
13: so i'm the boy scout which is from troop 39 in the grand canyon council of district uh, 66 so my eagle project i'm working on is animals are family too So uh, my ego Project is about teaching the community how to love their pets because the animals are family, too, and they should be treated like they're a part of the family uh, and they're not disposable.
1: Here, here, I love that.
13: This project is dear to my heart because I I just love the animals there. You know, they're all all playful and loving. Um, And my project is unique because it has... Become a way to live my life. I'm. Um, I mean, I'm saving the lives of countless homeless animals. I'm, and I will forever promote the message: animals are family too. I mean, every animal deserves a loving home.
1: Well, I commend you now. Tell us exactly what do you do for the Eagle Project. Do you do you get food for them? Do you what are like the day-to-day activities you would do for the project?
13: So I've been collecting food and supplies for the pets. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Like uh, just like anything, like f- dog food, cat food, toys, like beds, blankets, and stuff. I've uh, I've also been just going to the Cocaine Maine Association, uh, getting to know the dogs really well. You know, just taking them for walks and also grooming them so like they could look better, look better if people want to uh, adopt them. And I've also been providing supplies to the foster parents like stuff they can use to take care of their foster dogs or cats. And I've also been promoting dogs at the adoption events, which is like, like I've been promoted at the Toyota dealerships, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've also been trying to promote them at PetSmart. And like, I mean, I'm also fostering a dog from the Koki main association. His name is Kodiak. Uh And, and, um, after and after my Eagle project is complete, I will uh, pretty much continue to foster dogs and teach people to love their pets by encouraging proper care for their animals.
1: Mm. Do you feel like a role model?
13: Uh, yeah. Well, it feels it feels great that people think of me as a role model. Uh-huh. And that I'm earning, and also that I'm earning my Eagle rank, just uh, all because like I'm doing something I love, like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, at first I wasn't really like expecting to become a role model. I thought it was just do like it would just be a project I would just do, but
14: mm-hmm. it
13: actually feels great. So, I mean, most projects are focused on uh, building or improving a structure that helps the community. Like if it was like a, just a big shed they're building or a fence, you know,
14: mm-hmm.
13: and like it would just usually take like a weekend or two, or just two hours to finish a project. Uh, but my project has been going on for from like January 1st. It'll
3: also be a lifetime project. For yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
13: Yeah.
1: So, so you tell me uh, that you have one dog at home, which is a foster animal. Is that correct? Yeah. A- any other animals at home?
13: Uh, so I have two German shepherds. Uh, their names are Mark Anthony and Luna, Luna Contaro. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I used to have another German Shepherd named Cleopatra. Uh, <laughs> she, she just died, uh, two months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it turns out, like, she was just getting so sick and weak. Her, uh, um, her body was just killing her blood cells. And the doctor said that they didn't know what was going on with her, like, well, what was really wrong with her. They just said, like, her body just, just kept on killing her blood cells. And we were mm-hmm. trying to, like, do whatever it took to, like, uh, Keep her alive, but it was just getting worse, and yeah, we just thought uh, we just have to put her down so that she won't go through any more pain.
1: sure, yeah, that's a tough decision to make yes,
3: it is especially yeah, at such and, uh, a young age. Uh,
1: well, yeah. I think all of us here in the studio, we salute you. we think what you're doing is amazing, and we wish you the best of luck and especially spreading the word and getting uh, other teens to help out also yeah, thanks for spending time with us today, Alex. you're welcome. Take
13: care. Thank you. bye You too. What a great kid.
1: Yeah. I think he's pretty
3: awesome. He right? sounds all grown up. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a great task for such a young kid to take on. Like you said, most Eagle projects you can do in a couple hours or a weekend, but his is going to be... A few months and plus it's going to be a lifetime thing for him it's going to make a difference in his life and hopefully many other animals and many other people's lives
0: yep you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and
1: android can we get a fresh sweep here the last sweep we have goes like this this
12: is fred willard on animal radio remember to stay and neuter your animals I've had it done to me. It's not
1: that <laughs> We've run it into the ground. We need something fresh.
11: Oh really? I didn't I don't re- <laughs> spay, <yeah. laughs> that was pretty funny. Was.
1: <laughs> can you uh can you do something real quick? Uh, Fred Willard, Animal Radio something spay and neuter?
11: Yeah, yeah.
1: Tape is rolling.
11: Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. And I, I'm I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll play I'll roll over and play dead if you want.
12: I'll follow you anywhere you want to go,
2: but do it. Your dog loves meat. That's why they'll love the new line of Red Barn dry dog food. The first five ingredients in each Red Barn recipe are meat, fish, or poultry. Sure to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. The added functional ingredients make Red Barn dry dog foods the perfectly balanced meal for your best friend. Available in land, ocean, and sky recipes. Your dog loves meat. We love
10: your dog. Head to redbarn.com to use the promo Animal Radio for 10% off your first bag.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, and now from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts... Hal Abrams, and Judy Francis.
1: If you've ever lost a pet, you know the horror that goes through your mind. If they're okay, days of not sleeping, not eating. I've never lost a pet. You've never lost a pet ever? No. Really?
3: Yeah, I've never lost
4: a pet.
1: Dr. Debbie, have you ever lost a pet?
4: You know, I haven't, but there've have been the moments where, you know, you forget that, you know, the dog was in one room and the door is shut and you think that they were left outside overnight uh. or something. And you know, and you just you have know, that panic Oh She's yeah. sleeping upstairs. That's where she's at. Okay. Uh. But, no, I, unfortunately, I've, I've not experienced that degree of, of yeah. any kind of loss. Like I've that.
3: had my cats get out, but I was there, and I ran out and chased them around the neighborhood. That happens
1: every day. Yeah. What about you, Lori? <laughs> Have you ever lost I, a pet?
2: I can't tell you how many times uh, one of our cats, Jackie, ended up in a room, and the next day you go, um, it's been really quiet yeah. and you know, you, you had to like retrace every single step you made the day before because she was in some closet or some cupboard yep, yep. or somewhere.
1: That happens to me too, uh, but uh, I have lost a pet. It's a horrible feeling and you usually have to go put up the uh, signs on the posts. And in this day and age, you can go to all kinds of online resources too. And you have to check the local shelters. Oh, I remember going back and forth to the shelters see if my animal had been checked in it's a it's a long process and it sometimes is very unfruitful uh but uh, there's a guy he's a senior out of florida his name is kenneth kenneth hendrick and he's a drone hobbyist and he's figured why not put these drones to good use finding missing animals
3: that's so awesome
1: we're going to get him on the phone. You, you've scheduled a phone call for him? Yes, I have. Okay. I, so
3: I tracked him down. You tracked and I did him? Without
1: a drone. Without a drone. <laughs>
4: yeah. And this is kind of like Ace Ventura, a pet detective here. It you is. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It
1: is. <laughs> and I think he actually works with a pet detective agency, if I'm not mistaken, but we'll find out about it in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there?
2: I've got some news for you out of Cincinnati on, uh, do you remember, I think back in January, the. Preemie baby hippo that was born. Oh, yes. I'll tell you how she's doing coming up.
1: I'm glad she's still here. Yes.
2: It's good news, yeah. right? Okay. I don't yeah, want it's any good bad news, news, yes.
1: No bad news today.
2: <laughs> no.
1: Uh, let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now. Ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? I'm
15: calling from Custard, South Dakota.
1: I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on with your animals?
15: Well, we're just wondering. We just moved up here from Colorado and moved the two dogs, two cats, and the birdie. I've got a macaw, and, uh, you know, introduce them to a new home and new outside their surroundings if there's anything we should be doing or watch for.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So how long have you been in the area now?
15: Uh, two weeks today.
4: Okay. All right. So you've already probably done some of this, what I would recommend, but the biggest thing when we move to a new home, no matter if it's across the, the, the country or across the city, is really just to make sure we have structure. Um, so setting up a schedule as well as... Um, showing our pets um, their environment and kind of their expectations of w- what they're going to encounter in their immediate environment. So for dogs, that means just you know leashing them and walking them around the house, the yard, the immediate area, things that they're going to need to be, you know where their resources are, where is the food, where is the water, where am I going to go to the bathroom, um, and get accustomed to the sights, the sounds and the smells associated with that. Because there may be different things going on in one environment that aren't going on in another Things like trains, uh, you know, road noise, uh, animals, and things that we're going to need to get accustomed to. And it's best to do that when they're actually secure on a leash and under your, you know, control. Um, so for the dogs, that would be the big thing. And then just, I mentioned setting schedules, and that's just, you know, making sure, you know, uh, in the hustle and the bustle of moving and getting things unpacked, that we try to keep things somewhat scheduled for them. You know, mealtime yeah. is going to be at a set time. Uh, Playtime, we'll try to have at a set time, just to kind of keep the norm going, because so they don't feel lost in the shuffle. Um Okay. For the kids. The kitties, um, um, if, assuming if they're indoor kitties, it's usually when we first do a move. I like to keep their world a little small because it kind of helps them g- get comfortable before we give them bigger and bigger spaces. So that might mean letting them have a, um, a single bedroom, let them getting used to that before we give them the whole house. Yeah, that's um, well.
15: They have their own room, and that's basically what we did. We put them in there, food, litter, you know, everything they needed, and just kind of kept the door closed for the first day and a half or so. Mm -hmm. and then open it up to where they can come out if they want.
4: Exactly, and especially if there's a lot of movement about a furniture, boxes, and belongings, some of that can be more distressing. So it's better to kind of get the bulk of that kind of stuff done if you have sensitive pets or, you know, cats or, you know, the birds certainly might not appreciate seeing a bunch of <laughs> things being moved about that they're not used to. So it's really kind of setting the environment up and then kind of getting them more accustomed to uh, the, the new environment and uh, doing that in a calm manner. Okay. You know, for dogs and cats, I, I always do kind of like, you can throw in some other nap natural things, pheromones. You can even use diluted lavender oil um, in parts of the environment just to kind of help kind of give that calming uh, sensation for them. Um, Those are some of the natural things you can try. But a lot of it is really just kind of being there, making sure that, you know, everything's safe and secure. And that's the other thing. So if you have fence lines, um, yards, things like that, where you need to make sure the dogs are safe, they can't escape, you know, make sure any microchips or ID tags are updated with your new information cuz that's always a thing that kind of oops kind of gets forgotten until, you know, we have an accident. Right now so. we got the new
15: tags before we moved out of Colorado.
4: Perfect. Perfect. Well, sounds like you've already got a good head start there. So, uh, okay. hopefully all those babies will settle in well and uh and find the move uh, agreeable for them. Did you ask them if they wanted to move?
15: <laughs> no, unfortunately, they didn't get a vote on this one. <laughs> Uh, This was our last move ever, so (laughs) it didn't matter what they wanted.
4: (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for calling so much, and and good luck with things. All right, thanks.
1: Hi, Jim. You're on with Dr. Debbie.
13: Hi, Dr. Debbie. Um, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, My wife had just called me. I'm at work, and she uh, says that she found five fleas on our dining room floor and one flea on our lab's head. (laughs) Um, <laughs> growing up, I knew that you know if there's one, there's probably a thousand. Uh, we use the Frontline uh liquid that goes on the back of his shoulders. Yes. And um, I thought that was supposed to you know keep them away. But what, if anything, is there a flea bath or something I can use until you know Monday?
4: Now, as far as I'm, I'm assuming you're you're concerned about the use of the spot-on type product because of some of the reports that are out now.
12: Right.
4: Okay. Well, I mean, I guess some of that, we, we still don't have the full information on what the EPA is, is got and what their numbers are that they're looking at. The, the, the original cautions right now come with some general spot-on products for flea and techs. And there's a, a wide range of different brands out there that are listed. The thing that we can't distinguish and that I, I would hate for people to panic too much right now because... Some of those reports might be as minimal as skin irritation because the manufacturers are traditionally bound to report those reports. If, it, whether it's a skin reaction or a severe reaction, an allergic reaction, um, or what have you. So. I don't know that we have all that full information yet on which ones we have to really worry about. I traditionally, I'm very comfortable with the frontline product. I use it here in my office, use it on my own dogs. Um, some of the problem with the flea tick products, um, and when it does cause a toxicity, there's a lot of causes of that. Um, improper usage, using it on the wrong animal, uh, wrong species, an unhealthy animals. So some of this we've really got to look, step back a little bit and look at some of these claims and the concerns. Um, so right now i 'm still using the front line on my dogs i I do not have a problem with that. I feel very comfortable very safe about that. But you did ask about some alternatives for flea control and if you're in a really heavy flea endemic area, it's tough because you do need to rely on some type of insecticide to help manage some of these problems. Um but you can do things like uh, you know, regular laundering of the pets bedding and the the materials that they sleep on. Flea combs are a great wonder, but you got a lot of work if you gotta spend to drag that through your dog's hair coat. Um, And then you can rely on some of the actual flea shampoos, but you got to keep in mind all of those products have a toxicity point. So if you're using collars and shampoos and spot-ons, it isn't hard to create a toxic um, uh, event for a pet. So you you really need to be cautious with that. What about the carpet?
1: That's what I'm worried about is because it always becomes a vicious cycle when they get in the carpet. You know, you think you've treated the pet and you've treated Mm -hmm. all these areas, but they're growing the eggs in the carpet. How do you get
8: rid of that?
4: Uh, You know, getting a good... um, pest control uh, person is probably one of the ways. You can vacuum and vacuum and vacuum daily, um making it important to change out your vacuum bag because those little critters will live and breed in the vacuum bag itself. So that's another um remedy. You can try things like, you know, steam cleaning, you know, whether or not that actually kills them, it's probably more of a physical uh dislodging of, of the eggs. Um so those are things you can try in the home. Um in some areas they use foggers um to treat the home environment. Um and again all of these products we gotta watch. There's a toxic point when we're adding all of these different things in so it does mean to exercise some caution and i would talk to your veterinarian about your pet and as i mentioned every animal is different the worst thing you could do is take some type of flea and tick product from a dog and put it on a cat they are very sensitive and they will develop problems more readily if you give them the wrong product that's intended for a dog so make sure you make that decision with the the work with your veterinarian there
13: fantastic thank you very much
4: okay my pleasure and thanks for the call very timely subject we're hitting some really warm weather so flea and tick concerns definitely on the forefront of our listeners and thank you for the call this is dr debbie give us a call
0: you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android
2: this is jane lynch on animal radio please spay and neuter your animal spay or neuter let me say that again you don't want to do both Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that?
16: You can do whatever you want. Oh,
2: God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it.
1: You do so good early in the morning. (laughs) I'm so caffeinated
2: right now, can I tell you? I'm (laughs) barely holding it together.
1: You're awesome. (laughs) Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com.
10: All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio. And it's no secret that the drone has made a, uh, well, it's just blown up blown up in the market. Everybody has one. Lots of kids have, have them. Uh, the military has them. They're you being used for all kinds of things. You don't. It's, yeah.
3: it's funny, you see missing pet signs on the telephone poles. Now you're seeing, I'm seeing in my neighborhood, missing drones. People missing are losing, drone yes, signs. I saw that. Yes, they're the losing screen. their drones and posting a sign on the telephone pole. Missing <laughs> drone.
1: Well, speaking of lost pets and missing drones, I'm going to sort of do this. Uh, this is a smooth DJ segue that would have been even smoother if I didn't say anything or call attention to it. Uh, but in a few minutes, we have a guy coming on the show. He finds missing pets using a drone. Wow. and He's a senior, is that correct? Yeah,
3: I think he's a senior gentleman, and I don't know what came first. I don't know if he got the drone to find missing pets or he had the drone and thought it would be a good idea to use it to find missing pets because I guess you can cover a heck of a lot more territory than you can on foot or in a car.
1: Apparently. Well, it's good use, yes. being put to good use. Uh, so that's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio and we're also going to do a quick check of the news at the bottom of the hour, Miss Brooks. What do you have coming up?
2: Oh, there's something that you should be aware of. There is um, a government agency that's part of the Department of Agriculture, and what they do— mm, not good for animals.
1: Okay. Um,
2: yeah. This we'll might explain. Ag-
1: okay, you'll you got some lot of explaining to do.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, it's that's on the way. severe story. We'll uh, check news right after this call. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. What's on your mind
11: today? Oh, I need to get infamous wisdom on dog food.
4: All right. Uh, What's your particular question there?
11: Well, I started off, oh, about 100 years ago with IMES, <laughs> then went to Science Diet, then went to Purina Pro, then went to Neutro. Wow. Now trying to go to uh, Blue Buffalo. Okay in the never-ending search for what is the best dog food.
4: oh, It's a nebulous question, isn't it? <laughs> and it's hard to give an accurate answer for just everybody. Well, tell me about what kind of pets you're feeding here.
13: Uh,
11: one's a 14-year-old shepherd husky, and the other is a 3-year-old corgi rat terrier.
4: Okay. And any kind of health conditions, problems that you're dealing with with these guys?
11: Uh, other than a uh, 14-year-old just being 14.
4: <laughs> and just the usual kind of aches and pains and kind of the old dog type things.
11: Yeah, unfortunately, I think probably next two or three weeks I'm going to have to put him down.
4: Oh, golly. He's
11: starting to
14: get bad. But at
4: fourteen, at 14, that's a, you know, anyone would say that's an amazing lifespan, especially a large breed dog. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm uh, I'm about. thinking steak is what I'm thinking, and bacon <laughs> is what I'm thinking.
4: What he's entitled to, yeah, at this point, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, as far as for the, what is the reason that you've kind of jumped around from brand to brand? Was it that the pets didn't accept it, didn't like it, or were you not happy with how they were doing on the food?
11: Just always looking for better.
4: (laughs) Always looking for better. More more nutritious,
11: better ingredients.
4: Yeah. Well, some of what you've mentioned were some, you know, very large. companies that have a lot of sound nutrition and a lot of research behind their food so i can't really find fault with with a a lot of the brands you mentioned Um, it's really for me it's a matter of first and foremost um, what we try to feed and also what the pet likes and what they accept because no matter how good it is for you if they don't eat it then it's a waste of your money and effort. So um that always plays a role in when I'm making a diet recommendation cuz every pet is different and you know if we've got a little finicky poodle that will only eat semi-soft or canned food um that really kind of narrows the the frame down. Now if you've go if you're going more with a kibble-based diet, there's a lot of good brands that you mentioned there and I don't really have qualms with many of those. Um you know Science Diet, Iams, um you know all of those are, you know, at the top of the list. There's some other brands and you mentioned Blue Buffalo, and, And that's a brand that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but I don't have any qualms with that. Um, Natural Balance, Royal Canin is another good one. Innova, I mean, there's a lot of brands out there. So I'm probably going to hold back saying that there's a single best food, um, but I would try to find what works good for your pet, what provides consistent stool quality. And hopefully, uh, if it's a better quality food, we see less poop. And that would be one of the big uh, goals that I would have for you. Okay.
11: It's good and safe to stay with Neutro?
4: You know, yeah. I mean, we do have some concerns going on currently with uh, some of the food recall with the cats in Neutro, um, as far as, but I think that's, um, it's still a good company, and a lot of these recalls that they're doing now are more a little bit. F- proactive rather than reactive versus what we went through a few years ago um so I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that and um you know if if your pets if they like the kibble at science dad or iams or um you mentioned so many different ones it just i don't change uh foods too much in here in my office so it's even hard to, for me to keep track of all those different foods as far as what they might have done for your pets um but uh is there one or two that sticks out that, that you felt the pets did better with? Neutro. Uh, Neutro. Okay. Yeah. So if, right. if it's working if it's working for you and it gives you good, consistent quality, then, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't feel bad about that.
1: Give that a shot. Let us know how it works there. I appreciate your time today. Now, let me just make sure I have this straight because I maybe I just missed something here. This guy's dog... One of his dogs? One of his dogs Mm -hmm. is a few weeks away from being euthanized, and he's wondering what kind of food to to feed it. Well,
3: he's, you know what, he should feed dogs in general, not just one.
1: In my last two weeks, Uh make sure it's cheeseburgers. Okay.
3: I'll make sure. Put it in your will. (laughs) Nothing but cheeseburgers those last two weeks, Hal. And cake and ice cream. That would
4: be on my my list. (laughs) Mine, too.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
11: Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love Animal Radio. Keep listening.
1: Okay, yes, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the Animal Radio Studios stunt dog, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the Animal Radio Studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
10: This is an Animal Radio news update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
2: I'm Lori Brooks. Cat cafes are becoming all the rage. They've been popping up all over the country for the past several years and Baltimore will soon get their own cat cafe, one of those, you know, great special little spots where people can stop by and sip some coffee in the company of cats that are up for adoption. Now, if you didn't know this, Baltimore's nickname is Charm City. So the guy who's working to open up this place, his name is Cam Tucker. He's going to call it Charm Kitty Cafe. Very close. They're very clever. And it's going to house at least seven cats at any given time. And those cats also get to roam free throughout the 1,150-square-foot space until they're adopted. Tucker says that he visited cats' uh, cafes also in uh, Colorado and Washington, D.C. because he wanted to learn, you know, why they were successful or maybe why they failed. And now, he says, what is going to set Charm Kitty apart from cat cafes in other parts of the country, is its design. It's not going to be a full-time cat cafe. Um, Charm Kitty will have an office that runs in the daytime, like other occupants in there. Mm -hmm. So they will take reservations for evenings and weekends, but weekdays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the cafe will be open in home or office anyway to about 30 employees. Tucker has uh, had a pretty good time at this. He launched a Kickstarter campaign to raise $5,000 that was needed to, you know, kind of renovate things, new flooring, furniture, supplies. Uh, That goal was met in less than a day and uh, since then they have raised twice that much so be watching soon for charm kitty cafe to open sometime they're saying in the second half of this year i want one in my city let's wouldn't start that one. be fun yeah it's a great idea and you're the you're the cat guy i am wow, the cat so guy. you're the perfect one to do it yeah they got that space
3: down there next to the pet store wouldn't that be the perfect that'd place? be the place. Yeah
2: hmm I love your minds. Uh, not so much the government in this case. Every year, federal agents kill millions of animals all across the country, uh, including, uh, let's say, what was it, 154,943 in Washington state alone last year. Jeez. Uh, the agency that does this is called the Wildlife Services, and it is part of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, uh, which for public and private sector clients will kill animals all over the country. But if they have to be like a public nuisance or something, so... They kill ravens, uh, swans, doves, wolves, anything that is deemed a problem by the client. Uh, The agency made some big news. You might have heard recently when a 14-year-old boy was injured and his 3-year-old yellow lab named Casey was killed by a cyanide trap, of all things, that was set by wildlife services. It was intended to kill coyotes in Idaho. Now, the trap was spring-activated and and smeared with bait. So, you know, it was something that was going to lure in something. Uh, The one that killed Casey, the lab, actually shot cyanide into Casey's mouth, as it was supposed to do, but it wasn't supposed to have gone off, you know, when a, a pet touched it. The specific trap was set to control. They say it was predators they were after in an effort to limit livestock losses in the area. That's what the agency claims. so they were probably guessing trying to kill coyotes in although 15 pets were accidentally killed by wildlife services last year. But it also intentionally targeted and killed dozens of all kinds of species of wildlife from bears and red foxes to cranes, uh, a dozen different species of doves. And 415 gray wolves. But you know how it goes when, when accidents like this happen. It does draw attention and investigations. And uh, now we know that the agency uses everything from neck snares and foothold leg traps to even helicopters and guns, of course, to capture animals that they are hoping to kill your tax yeah. dollars at work on a much happier note i mean i have you ever a uh, baby large animals elephants hippos you know they are so cute and we have some good news today for the cincinnati zoo's preemie baby hippo her name is fiona who they say is getting more independent now that she's gotten a little bigger she now tops 100 pounds That means, of course, that her days of napping on her human caretaker's laps will be ending soon. Fiona was born at the zoo in Cincinnati there in January, and she only weighed 29 pounds, which is tiny, tiny, far below the typical weight of a newborn hippo. Caretakers raising Fiona are now beginning to, because they have to, they have to scale back their time with her in a transition phase phase rather as they move toward eventually integrating her back into a group of hippos with her parents. So if you haven't seen the videos and photos of Fiona, they are gorgeous, adorable. Do yourself a favor and check her out. She is deliciously cute. And uh, we will post a video of her on the Animal Radio Facebook page. So... In case you're wondering, after all this little hippo information, how much do you think a full-grown hippo weighs? Mm, a ton? Uh, uh, yeah. A ton is what, 1,200 pounds? Dr. Debbie would 2, know. 2,000 pounds.
4: I don't know. I don't treat oh, hippos. Close. How am I
2: going to know how much they weigh? <laughs> 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 I, I 3,000 pounds? Wow. That's okay. a ton and, yeah. and a half. Yeah. yeah. So you can imagine how tiny she was weighing 29 po- pounds when she was born, but... So cute, my God. (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news whenever you need it, anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
10: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
1: And what do you say we go to, Roland? Hey, Roland, how are you doing?
12: Okay, thank you.
1: Where are you calling from today?
12: Uh, Redding, Pennsylvania.
1: Beautiful Reading. What can we do for you?
12: Well, I uh, have a little bit of a problem with my, uh, with my dog. It's, uh, she's four years old. She's a combination of uh, poodle, Eskimo, and golden retriever. Wow. That's and different. the problem having with her is uh, I can't get her to walk where I want to go. <laughs> I have to go where <clears throat> she wants to go
4: oh okay
12: now let me give you some background if you don't mind about uh, six months ago my doctors uh, asked me to go ahead and do some walking so i found a, a one mile route that i started uh, taking and at first she was very willing to go with me and uh, i had her uh, uh, on a leash and then about oh about two months later she started hesitating She didn't want to go where i wanted to go so I would try tugging her a little bit, and she'd slip out of her collar. So I decided i will get a harness. So I got a harness, and that helped for a while. Then all of a sudden, about, oh, I'd say maybe about two months ago, she's hesitating again. She doesn't want to go where I want to go. She she wants to take me for a walk. Then mm. this particular month, she doesn't even want to leave the uh, driveway of the house.
4: Hmm. Okay. And this kind of troubles me, Roland, because I'm going to say you've been to the doctor for your medical things. This really worries me because a change in behavior where a dog is reluctant to walk at all... Uh Not just being mischievous and not just saying, I have a mind of my own and I want to go somewhere else, but I don't want to get out of the yard and step out into the street and go to the park. That's not a normal behavior pattern from her previous. Uh So that really has me concerned. So I would say first go to the vet and get her evaluated. Um, We can have all gamuts of different things that can be causing either pain, weakness, hormone problems. So that is really the, the number. One thing that I would encourage you to oh boy, do.
12: Yes.
4: So, if the doctor comes back and says, Hey, everything's fine, I've checked her out, I did some blood work, no, there's nothing going on, this is a behavioral thing, then I would tell you that there's a couple things I would do. Um, you may want to look at getting a head harness. Hey, what? A head
14: harness.
4: Head and harness. this is um, kind of like the similar to what horses wear when they wear a bridle. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one method that we can use to direct a dog's movement without having to do big corrections or worry um, so much about yanking and pulling because it self-corrects them. They don't like their nose going in the wrong way, right, so right. it gently corrects them just kind of using pressure points on their face. Oh, okay. So that's a good thing. Now, I have seen dogs slip out of those, however, so I do encourage if if your dog is a, a little evasive, you may want to also have a secondary backup leash on your dog. But um, that will be one tool that you could use. The other thing is bribery bribery works with dogs well,
12: i tried giving her a treat when she wouldn't move she wouldn't take the treat
4: <laughs> well that's a serious problem and and that kind of goes back to my first thought that you know this this may be something of a medical uh-huh. need but generally if you pull out a treat and, and if it's not the the everyday treat not the milk bone it's not the treat that you have on the counter that she right, always right. gets this is a special treat right yeah, so it may be a little piece of cheese, it may maybe a little bite of uh um braunschweiger, it may be something that's just really yummy and out of the norm. And then you use that and pair that with your command of come uh-huh. or heal, and then you reward her. And you may only do that for two minutes and that's it. And then mm-hmm. you go back to the house. And that would be a way to build on um her doing the right thing with the right verbal command.
7: Your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost
6: airlines. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306.
3: Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay
5: in new to your
0: pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'll head back to those phones in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but first, want to visit with Ken, Kenneth Hendrick. And I, are we calling Florida? I believe we are. Hi, Kenneth. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Where are you in Florida?
16: Uh, we're right near West Palm Beach. It's a little place called Loxahatchee, Florida.
1: It sounds like it's beautiful. Uh, it's Just... nice in the country. So now tell me, you are a drone aficionado, is that correct? It's correct. You, It's sort of a hobby for you, or is it a business for you?
16: No, it's a hobby in a way. Uh, I purchased the drone strictly for looking for lost animals.
1: strictly for looking for lost animals. That is an ingenious idea, might I say.
16: Well, some neighbors don't think so.
1: (laughs) Oh, really? Well, we'll find out about that in just a couple of seconds. What made you come up with the idea to uh, do this?
16: Well, there were a lot of places that uh, the people couldn't go when they're looking for the animals, and uh, I felt that maybe from the air we would cut down on the amount of time that people are spending up and down the streets looking for the animals. And that we might be able to spot them a lot faster, as well as scan the canals uh, to make sure that the dog or cat or whatever had not fallen into the canal. Hmm.
4: So wow. I wanted to ask: so have you have you used this, and, and like, how do you know where to begin, and and put the drone up, and go after a, a, like a trail?
16: The last place that the animal was seen is where we start.
1: How do you implement it? I mean, are you uh, are you on Facebook? Or how do you tell people that you're doing this?
16: We are on Facebook, and uh, the person that uh, has the, the Facebook page is Gail Bass, and Gail started up what's called Loxahatchee Lost and Found Pets in 2012, and her and uh, Michelle French and Don Debari are all in partnership there, and they average about 85 to 90 animals per month that they recover.
1: Well, how big is this town?
16: Wow! Uh, it's about 19,000.
1: So, nineteen a town of nineteen thousand people loses about ninety five animals a month. Is that? Wow,
4: that's a lot.
16: Well, you have a lot of animals in the country. I mean, everybody's got dogs, two, three dogs, many cats, and uh, the other. We lost uh, a horse uh, not too long ago. That if I had known that the horse was on, was loose at least a day before we found it was loose, uh, we could have saved the horse.
1: Now, I would imagine this consumes a lot of time that you're, you're viewing video, I guess, or how does that work?
16: Uh, it's, uh, the drone has a, uh, an HD video camera on it, okay. and when, when we launch it, it, the drone can stay up there for a half an hour, and then it has to come back and shove in another battery to go back up for another half hour. But the, uh, we try and section off an area so we're not repeating our, our flights over the same area and just keep searching there for the, for the lost animal.
1: What has your success rate been so far?
16: Well, we've, we've found quite a few. But the thing is, is, not so much the drone. The drone can easily locate the animal. It's the girls that go out, and they, they're the ones that really get, should get so much credit because they go out and go through the woods. They uh, track up and down these roads, through the canals. They do so much. All I have to do is just locate it. And that's easy.
3: Do you charge for your services?
16: No. No. And uh we were called uh by in Tampa, uh, for us to go to fly over there and look for a cat. And so we uh she had a private jet come and pick us up and uh take us over there to Tampa and, wow. and uh then flew us back.
3: Did you find the cat?
16: No and uh neither did the uh the detectives that she also hired for with uh, the the detective dogs uh uh-huh. that go out looking for cats. That's what they're trained for. Right. There was no sighting of the cat, but there was plenty of raccoons and possums that were dead in the uh, surrounding area.
1: Oh. We are with Kenneth Hendrick. His hobby is drones, and he has a, a drone that he looks for missing pets, lost pets using it. Uh, how do the neighbors feel about this? Well,
16: uh, I've got a couple neighbors, and if I fly over their their property, they get a little upset because they think I'm intruding onto their, their space. And... Actually, I'm not even looking at their property. I'm on my way out to look for something else. You know, it, it takes practice to uh, to fly a drone, and uh, it's and I have to practice to keep in shape.
1: How, how far away can it go from you?
16: Uh, approximately five miles.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's a good good distance. Is there any licensing or permitting that you need?
16: Yes, you need a pilot's license, and you also need the drone license.
1: And you yeah, have yeah. a pilot's license? Yes, I do. This is uh, pretty incredible. I think what you're doing is amazing, and I, I hope that it it starts a, a fad across America for looking for lost animals.
16: I really hope it does too, because I think there's a lot of animals that could be recovered that uh, the gators and the, all these other animals are killing. And it's just like losing your kid. You lose your kid, uh, you, you're down in the dumps for a long time to come. Okay. Yeah.
1: My- well, I thank you for visiting with us, and I encourage listeners to check out Locket. What is it? Locket. Lots of hatsy.
16: Lots of It's pronounced. It's spelled exactly the way it's, it's pronounced. The same way it's spelled. L O X A H A T C H W. Lost and found pets. And they have about eleven thousand members
1: and a Facebook page, and we'll put links to that all over at our website at animalradio.pet. Thank you, Kenneth, for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Well, once again, it has just flown by. It's time for me. I'm going to go out and get a drone now and go find missing pets. I think that's my calling.
3: I think that just would be so awesome. I know we have so many animals in this neighborhood. People are always looking for their pets around here.
1: Get me a drone. Somebody get me a drone. (laughs) If you need a fix during the week, head on over to AnimalRadio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. See you next week.
7: airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the
6: International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306.